President John Quincy Adams stated, If your actions inspire others to dream more, to do more, and become more, you are a leader. Poet author Ralph Waldo Emerson added, Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. And President John F. Kennedy shared, Leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Over the last seven to eight years, the Urban Leadership Foundation of Colorado, through their 10-month Connect Leadership Training Program, has graduated over 250 participants into the transition to a new generation of leadership for Denver communities. They will be effective leaders in the areas of politics, business, and the community. On this edition, we gain insight into the work of the foundation with its executive director, Dr. Ryan Ross. You know, I think it's a great question to ask about why an urban leadership program. And and the answer, I think, is simple. It's about inequity. When you look at every major indicator in society, whether it be education, economic, job progression, uh, there's inequity that we experience in the African-American and um, communities of color. And so one of the goals of our organization is to ensure that leaders are prepared to promote, to engage, and have the opportunities to thrive in their workforce, in their workplaces. And when you look at that, specifically, professional development is one of those things that don't always happen. When you come in as an entry-level or mid-level manager, you don't sometimes, people of color don't always have access to the dollars to pay for programs. They don't have the luxury of making a mistake in the workplace. And so in our program, that's what we get to do. We get to mold and train and think and grow and thrive together so that folks are ready to do that in their respective industries, whether they're entrepreneurs or uh, work in private sector, public sector, or nonprofit. Well, some of the debate has always been that leaders are born and not trained. Yeah, But maybe they're trained and not born. You know, I think it's both, right? I, I think everybody is innately born with some gifts and talents, and I think there's some things that you pick up along the way. In in the program itself and what you're teaching, for example, the things that are going on, real world stuff that's going on now. Okay, you have a you you have an impeachment in Washington that's going on now. You have immigration that's going on now. Um, we have the issues re, regarding firearms that's going on now. In the teaching and framing for the institute itself, for what you're teaching the leaders, do you teach them to handle those issues when they come up, or? ways they should think about controversial subjects where they could make a difference in how people perceive or act regarding it? Absolutely. You know, for us, it's really about understanding authorizing environment. When you think about some of these issues, the impeachment, uh, yeah, the impeachment process that's going on, firearms, immigration, all these things, these are policy and process things. And if you don't know how to engage with those things, If you don't know where to find the information, if you don't know how to get to and work with or work around the individuals who are in key decision making roles, then you lose your voice. And when you think about the Constitution, even right, like this is the document that governs the land. And if you don't know how it works and if you don't know how to change it, if you don't know how to engage around it, then you don't get to participate in that process. Um, And we have to know how to do that. As leaders, we have to know how to do two things. We have to know how to disrupt and then we have to know how to educate and change policy and and through the vote, because that's the law. That's the way our world works. Okay, when you say disrupt, does that mean you have to take it on or you get out there in the street or what? 
Well, you know, I think I think disruption and some people might disagree, but I think disruption happens in a variety of ways. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to get out in the street because people need to pay attention. They need to understand that something's not right and we're not happy. You know, that's one side of it. The other side of the disruption is, is you've got to have the information, the data, the facts to then once you have people's attention to educate them on what has to change. And and I think the one of the final pieces of that disruption then comes with unity, right? How do you collectively yeah. come together sure. to to show the legislature or whoever, right, that you're serious and behind you stands hundreds and thousands uh, of people ready to make this change? Do we have a scenario in America where everybody will only – well, when you're disrupting something especially, they say, well, who's leading you? Who's leading you? Instead of just wanting to deal with whatever that person is bringing there, that, that we try to centralize it because if we can centralize it into one person and convince them it should go away, then they'll take all the other people away too and instead of uh, instead of dealing with people as they come to try to uh, – to try to mitigate what they're talking about. Yeah, that's, you know, for me, that's what I call smoke and mirrors, right? And that's why it's also important for everyone to understand authorizing your environment, understand policy, because now you don't just have one figure person. You have everybody who understands what's going on, everybody who's educated about a topic, everybody who's passionate, right? And that's what we really want to do. We want to create a generation of leaders who are knowledgeable, who are courageous, and who understand and prescribe to the spirit of excellence, right? We know that we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to strive for excellence and we want to create a community where everybody thrives, where everybody can show up and live, work and play in a way that's equitable. That's got to be exciting for an educator like you to see a lot of educated people that are discussing these things, taking these things on and wanting to do something about it. It, You know, it, it's 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 like a Charles Dickens novel, right? It's the it's the a best Charles of, Dickens. Novel? Yeah, it's, okay. you know, it's like the best of, best of times and the worst of times. Right. It's exciting because you see more people. Um, being courageous and speaking out and, you know, finding their voice. But for every person that does that, there's hundreds of people who haven't. And so that's where I tend to focus on, you know, how do we ensure that everybody has a voice? Because I have a voice and I have my views, Mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I'm, who am I to speak for everybody else? I want us all to come in and speak together. I want everybody to have a voice. I think one of the things we do in society is we're, we're waiting on somebody to be our champion. And, and and I would argue that we're all champions, right? We're our all next great champion. And so we've got to step up and, and address those things in that manner. Um, first day of class or first day of class. Yeah, orientation. First day, they, the first day of class in the, in the institute itself. Your class is sitting there. And I'm sure they have some expectations. Oh, when I get out of this class, I'm going to be able to run for mayor. What do you tell them right off the bat when they're sitting there with their their expectations all bright and shiny and ready to roll, knowing I'll be able to run for president? You know, I, there, I think there's three things. The first thing is you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable because we're trying to create really uncomfortable situations for you to show up, uh, show up in and awaken your leadership or tap into your leadership. The second thing is, is that you get out of this thing what you put into it. Uh, and the final thing is, is, is that you're already a leader. You're just here to fine tune and connect with some other great folks. So whatever you want to manifest at the end of this thing is, is what you'll manifest. And sometimes that's a little vague for people, but that's really the beauty of it. Like this 10 months that these leaders spend together, um, we're focused on servant leadership. We're focused on politics. We're focused on leadership. We're focused on business and economics. We're focused on civic service and philanthropy. Right. And 
within all of those things, people are able to identify a lane that they want to show up in. And once they have that lane, they can show up and show out in the way that makes most sense for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the issues, especially around uh, urban communities of color that we're having to deal with these days that you are teaching the people in the program to take a a second look at or a third look at or how to handle? Yeah, so one of the one of the first things is the actual political process, right? There are so many people in our society that don't understand the way the legislative process works. They don't understand the separation of power, the the different branches of government, how lobbyists work, how a bill is made. Sometimes we as a community are impressed about the the stature of our elected officials when really they work for us and we shouldn't be excited about that. We should be engaging with them and holding them accountable. And so that's one of the first things that we really focus on is, is how to, uh, you know, how to go through that process, how to connect with those people in sure. order to hold folks accountable. You know, the thing about it, you could hold them accountable by changing laws. And sometimes you have to go see the district district attorney to hold them accountable too. And and when you do that, you got to know where to go, right? If you got a pothole problem, you don't go to the governor, you go to the city council, right? And so understanding where to go and where to engage is the first part of it. You talk to them about courage. Absolutely. Fear is one of the greatest barriers to excellence, right? And so what does it mean to be courageous and what does it what does it mean to find your voice and to, you know, honor your voice by doing the right thing because of who you are and not because who's watching and, and knowing how to do that effectively, not being afraid to speak against status quo because you really respect someone. Um, you can, there's a lot of elected officials who I, who I respect and disagree with on a regular basis and they know sure, it. Sure. Sure. And you talk to them about change. Absolutely. Changes. Ch- change always happens. Change always happens and it, and it must happen. Yeah. Right. Like we've, we've got to constantly be evolving as leaders and servants in our community so that that way we can address the challenges and also take advantage of the opportunities that show up. You see, talking about opportunities that show up, there's another one of those sayings there, do men make the times or do, do, do the times make the men or make the leaders then? Mm-hmm. Which one do you subscribe to or do you use them both? I think I use them both, right? I, I think that um, I think everybody is destined to be great, and so you just have to tap into what that looks like. And then I also think that there are situations that, that occur that allow that to happen. Sometimes you're waiting for the right moment for your skill set to be valuable. And then sometimes you 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 just know that there's something in you and you want to use it and you just get out there and start using it. I mean, it's a hustle, right? You know, leadership yeah. is a hustle. Service is a hustle. So would you say with a, a number of leaders, they ended up in leadership positions because the events took place and there was nobody to do anything about it and they felt passionately about it that they said, I'm taking this on myself. Yeah, I think sometimes that's what happens. And I think other times it's because we've got really great mentors who um, put us in positions and tap us to um, take advantage of things. And then other times it's because something has happened. There's a trauma. There's so much trauma in our community. And so when you look at that trauma, you, you get tired and you say, you know what, enough's enough. And, and you begin to act and you're starting to see more and more people do that. Yeah. And that's something that's really exciting to watch. And you're seeing it in a variety of lanes and it, and it happening in a variety of ways. And I think that's beautiful. One of the uh, challenges we have in the uh, uh, in urban co- communities or t- just talking about the last few weeks, the um, the use of guns among youth. Mm-hmm. And 
there's always the dichotomy of, well, if I know who did it, do I tell the authorities? Do I not? Do I look like a snitch? Do I not? Those are one of those dichotomies. And some people will go up to the leader and let them know who, and then they've got to decide what to do about it. Is yeah. that one of, one of the things that one of the real world scenarios you bring to the students there and try to give them some insight on how to manage it? Yeah, you know, those are the kind of conversations where we collectively grow together, right? Because a lot of people will focus on, you know, what happened after the after fact. Uh, you know, I want to focus on what happened before then, right? Yeah. Where were the mental health services that were needed um, before that person got the gun? Where where were the services and the economic opportunities, right? Why why are we waiting until something happens and then focusing on that rather than looking at why somebody is in survival mode? And living in a way where they have to resort to any of that, right? And so yeah. the violence piece is bad, but what's the root of that? And I think we need to spend more time focusing on the root, the mental health, the resources. Because, you know, I talk to a lot of kids and hear from a lot of people. If somebody had a job that they could be proud of and take care of their family, they yeah. may not be out in the street. They may not be on social media um, engaging in some of the things that 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 that's leading to some of the violence we're seeing, you know, so it's about how do we focus on the root of that problem and where what is our role as community members and where can we show up and where can we lead and where can we support um, and where can we be really authentic about about what's happening? Does leadership begin at home? You know, I think leadership begins within oneself, you know, even even from the time that you're an infant, you know, I think that there are there are things in you that naturally help you develop who you are. And then from there, I think it's the home and the community. I think it's, you know, who's, who's for lack of better words, you know, who's sitting at your round table, you know, what kind of elders, what kind of experiences, what, what are you seeing? What's shaping um, your views Mm -hmm. and how are you reacting to those things? Yeah. And you teach them how to communicate cross-culturally. Yeah, so we're you'll have to talk to because somebody that's African American's got to talk to somebody that's Latino, got to talk to somebody that's Anglo in a different part, different perceptions. Yeah, you know, and and what's what's interesting about that? It's not necessarily about communicating cross culturally. It's about understanding how you communicate and what that means for you authentically and what that means for your culture. Because um, when you understand who you are and you understand your identity, you're able to show up better and own that and be powerful and beautiful and who you are in that moment um, to be able to communicate whatever message that needs to be unapologetically um, in the, in the way that it needs to be projected. Right. And sometimes that's with force. Sometimes that's with diplomacy. Sometimes that's written. Sometimes it's prose. Right. But what's your, what's the best way for you to do that? And what's the best tool for that situation in order to reach the outcome that you want. On this edition, the focus is community leadership and how members of Denver's diverse communities are obtaining the essentials they need to lead through the Urban Leadership Foundation. We'll continue our conversation with their executive director, Dr. Ryan Ross, on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we deeply appreciate you sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.